Hey, this is Todd Smith from Dog Fashion Disco, Polka Dot Cadaver, El Creepo, and Knives Out, and you are listening to today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. Awesome. There we go. (laughs) I get by with a little help from my friends. What's going on, everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio. I just wanted to take a minute in this little intro before the intro to give you an update on some of the things we got going on here at today's Boondoggle. And uh, we've recently uh, launched a email account. So if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, you're enjoying the show, you want to see something different, you want to see certain guests on the show, you can reach us at todaysboondoggle at gmail.com. And as you know, the coronavirus lockdown has hit a lot of us uh, financially. Um, Boondoggle didn't escape it either. And uh, if you want to support us financially so we can get you uh, these interviews that you enjoy each week, uh, you can donate to our GoFundMe. There's a, a, you get on GoFundMe, look up today's Boondoggle. We got a GoFundMe that will be ongoing. And um, as well as a Venmo, you can donate. If you use Venmo, go to Venmo domain or uh, today's Boondoggle. And then also there's our Anchor sponsorship on the Anchor app, anchor.fm. Look up today's Boondoggle and you can become a monthly sponsor to us there. Uh, as you know, this is a veteran-owned and operated program we got going on here. It's very, been, man, incredibly therapeutic for a guy like myself who, you know, is a veteran with PTSD and anxiety. And, uh, it just gets me out there talking with people and gets me out of my comfort zone. And it's been awesome. But uh, it all costs us, you know, to, the travel, accommodations, to, to get to these interviews that you want to hear. So if you can help out anyway, we truly appreciate it. Um, also, please follow us on social media. It's at Today's Boondoggle. We're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just please follow, subscribe, comment, comment. download the, the episodes. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you know, any of the programs that you use to listen to your podcast, please, please uh, do whatever you can to support us and hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks. Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland. What's going on everybody? It's Bill Bailey with today's Boondoggle on Domain Cleveland Radio and uh, I'm... On the phone currently across the, the country, uh, talking to California with a pioneer of the death metal community, Mr. Chris Reifert. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. Just hanging out. and It's a nice day outside. The sky's not full of smoke or anything like that. So, yeah, it's, it's cool. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I mean, you're out there in the San Francisco Bay Area, correct? Yeah, yeah. It was crazy. We had four weeks straight where we pretty much had to keep the windows and doors shut from all the wild wildfires and all that. It was, uh, it was nuts. So I'm appreciating a, a nice day and 
having a house that's still standing. Yeah, and getting to breathe some uh, clean air for once, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. It's the little things, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like breathing, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been pretty crazy, man. I, I, didn't, I totally forgot about that. Which so, I mean, it's 2020. It's hard to keep track of everything going on, you know, in the country right now. I know. Right now. One, one shitty thing after the other, exactly. I mean, at least with the smoke, you can kind of see that, you know, other than the, you know, the COVID <laughs> lockdowns and stuff like that that were, you know. Yeah, I know, man. It's going to be nice to talk about all this stuff in past tense. Totally. Yeah. Especially like at, at like a show playing live with people, you know? (laughs) Oh yeah. I kind of remember what those are like. I like those little memes that they send out there with like, uh, grandma with her walker, you know, and, and there's, uh, like the, the granddaughter or something walking with her and grandmother. I remember I used to go see bands, you know, live bands perform and, the, the little uh, granddaughter's like, oh, that's nice, Grandma. Time for bed. You know, like she's crazy. What are you talking about? <laughs> ah, I know. Yeah, it feels that way. It feels like a lifetime ago. But, you know, fingers crossed that uh, next year is less horrific. Uh, yeah, I hope so, man. hope so. I'd really like yeah. to uh, um, I'd like for you guys to come through the area, man, and check you out live. I, I, I was, uh, you know, just been kind of got just turned on to uh painted doll your your current project and uh i mean it, real like uh like what would be an uh, elevator speech or your elevator pitch to describe the band to our virtual audience um i i usually just say it's like a psychedelic rock band but i there's there's kind of more to it than that but that's a good just a, like a handshake not that you can shake people's hands right now but you know like <laughs> this hey, bump or something we're paid a doll we play we play psychedelic rock and then you find out there's kind of more going on you know but if if that's enough to scare someone off then they weren't you know uh destined to like it anyways so <laughs> that's the that's the introduction right there but then you know if you dig in a little bit like oh yeah there's some kind of hard rock and a little punk rock flavor in there and whatever else you know it's kind of kind of a mixed bag i think yeah yeah i've been i've been enjoying it um oh cool now you know usually when i have guests on i like to start from the beginning i like to go back uh like a timeline type thing um what like what was it like for you like growing up when did you first like get into you know music did you know what you do you remember what you originally wanted to be when you grew up um, I don't remember ever wanting to be anything when I was a kid growing up. I didn't have any kind of foresight whatsoever, you know, so I just never thought about it. And I still don't, you know, I've never had a proper career or anything like that. I just pretty much have been fixated on, on music, you know, whether it was listening as a kid or learning to play as a kid and then a young teenager and all that. But, um, just kind of the, Growing up the way I did, my parents had a, a turntable and records that I could access. You know, they had like everything from, you know, Beatle records to Beethoven to, you know, jazz and bluegrass stuff or whatever, and Bo Diddley, whatever. And I'd sit there and listen to records. And, you know, then later, like a lot of people my age, you know, you kind of just progress and 
next thing you know, you see like, you know, kiss commercials on TV and, <laughs> yep. and then totally freak out like, Oh my God, what is this? I need to be a, a part of this. And, you know, that's kind of what triggered me finding my own music, not just like what my parents had sitting around and, um, you know, and then, then it was just like kind of the quest for the heavy. I like to put it, you know, I started off with, you know, like I said, like a lot of people my age, like Kiss, and then your buddies in school are like, oh, you should check out ACDC and Aerosmith and Cheap Trick and, you know, Alice Cooper and Black Sabbath and all that. And next thing you know, you're like, oh, what's what's this Motorhead thing or <laughs> Iron Maiden and just the progression, you know, so just, uh, you know, always looking for the heaviest thing, you know, and then it finally came around and, and uh now I just kind of like everything, really. The stuff I grew up with and the heavy stuff. Yeah, and then uh, that, that reminds me, too. I, I uh, remember, like, one of my first albums was, like, Jay Giles Band or something. I don't know. I think it was, like, the age of MTV, and I liked Centerfold or something like that, you know. And uh, Oh, yeah. So, so I had, like, Jay Giles Band, and my sister, I had an older sister, and she was into, like, Rod Stewart and Leaf Garrett, and we'd get, like, at Christmas time getting albums, you know? and uh, Yeah, oh, for sure. And I remember one Christmas, like, she just opened up, like, a Rod Stewart and was all excited, and then she went and opened up another and the next album, and it was Kiss Alive, and she was, like, purely oh, right. disgusted. She was like, what is this? Well, what were you thinking when you bought you? me this? Well, that's the thing. I looked across the room and I'm like 10 years younger than her, you know, and I'm just like still like, you know, I, I but it, it just captivated me across the room. I was like, oh, and then of course I ended up taking it, you know, but that was say, yeah, I'm like, if you don't want that, I'll, I'll <laughs> take it. One of my favorite things, which never has happened since is, uh, this could never happen again, but being like nine years old and I bought, uh, rock and roll over by kiss and i put the needle down and like it starts off with the you know acoustic you know i want you song and all that and then the guitar comes in all like electric and i freaked out so bad i had to like take the needle off the record it totally not like it almost scared me like oh my, i'm not ready <laughs> <laughs> i like collect my breath for 30 seconds and then put it back down and then you know, then it was like game on, but that's something that could never happen again. But I still remember it, you know, it was kind of like a pretty amazing thing. Yeah. Kiss seemed to be the gateway for a lot of us. It seems. Oh yeah, for sure. And I still like them. So it's, it's great. Oh yeah. Me too. Um, so then like, when did you start like, uh, deciding to start, uh, playing music yourself? Um, pretty much always. Um, I, my parents um, would we'd be at like my grandma's house or something, and to keep me busy, they'd set me on the floor with wooden spoons and like pans and pots and like let me bang on them and stuff. So it was kind of a precursor of what was to come. And then for some reason, they wanted me to play drums, which is insane because, as you know, there's no volume knob on a drum kit, you know. But they they encouraged it, and I still don't know why, but I'm I'm grateful they did. Um, that's pretty much where it came from. I don't know if I would have thought of it on my own otherwise, but they were super supportive. Uh, I remember going to a, a flea market and uh, my dad bought me uh, this like really janky sparkly orange drum kit for $65 that he talked the guy down from a hundred dollars. And uh, that was, that was the beginning of the, 
the real deal actually playing a kit and not just a snare drum or a drum pad or something like that. So, um, yeah, I haven't looked back. That's awesome. It's great that they were so encouraging with that too. Most parents are like, you know, shut that shit down, you know? <laughs> I know. I still, I still don't get it. Like, why would you want that racket going on in the house? But for some reason they, they thought it was cool. Yeah. They pro- I mean, you know, a lot of parents maybe are more in touch and they're like, all right, you know, do we want a positive outlet for our, our son or, you know, at least we know, at least <laughs> we know where you're like, at, yeah. you know, we know where you're at when we hear the banging in the room, you know, and you're, exactly. get, you're yeah, getting that energy out. Could, have been out. could have been out doing who knows what, you know, but, um, you know, and they, they were musicians too, you know, they both played, you know, acoustic guitar and went to the, the folk scene and all that. So uh, I guess they wanted to have me uh, be a part of uh, the musical world. That's great. That's good. Um, so, like, what, what? As you started going along, you know, we talked about a lot of the 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 bands that you were getting into and listening, and you started playing. What led led you over to like the the death metal world? Um, just again a continuation of the heavy. You know, it was, like I said, you know, I knew about all the rock stuff in the seventies when I was a kid, and then, um, you know, discovered like Iron Maiden and Motorhead and. You know, next thing you know, you're hearing about Venom and then Slayer, and um, it just kind of, you know, went from there. You know, you just hear about stuff, like you read about it in a, a magazine, or your buddies are like, "Oh, you gotta hear this," or "So fast," or or whatever. And then, um, yeah, just just following things as they went, and every time something faster or heavier came along, I was all over it. I'm like that's for me. So it's just just the progression, really. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so you grew up in the the Bay Area, or have you lived there your whole life? Yeah, much? yeah, I've lived out here in one city or another pretty much all my life. So, I mean, you've uh, experienced quite a bit of the that that scene, you know, and how much that's contributed to like the heavy metal. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I used to go to you know all the the um, clubs in San Francisco and Berkeley and all that. You know, again, my parents were super trusting. I would get on the BART train at like 14 or 15 years old with my friends, and they would just trust me to not do anything stupid. <laughs> awesome. And so, you know, I got to go to all the clubs and see everything on, you know, Broadway, like the Stone and the Mab and Rock on Broadway and, uh, you know, Ruthie's Inn and Berkeley and all those things. So, oh, man, yeah, I saw tons of cool stuff. Yeah, and so a lot of great stories and memories from that, huh? Oh, too many. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I could I could spend hours uh, <laughs> going into that, no problem. And then it's you're just like, okay, well, you know, it's great to watch these performances growing up, but I'm going to be on that stage someday myself, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I started playing shows when I was 16, you know, I couldn't wait. So you've, I, I was reading through your bio. There's been so many bands that, that you've been in. What was your very first one? Uh, the very first one, it was not even a proper band. It was just me and uh, a buddy uh, when we were like 14. We, we finally settled on the name Guillotine after floundering on band names, but we didn't really know what it was to be a band. You know, it was just me and this guitar player friend of mine, we were trying to figure out like how to write songs and how to be a band really. And it kind of, we just kind of parted ways before we succeeded in the mission. But that was, that was probably the 
the introduction right there. You know, we, I think we wrote like two songs that we almost finished. But uh, yeah, that was a good start. You know, you kind of learn how to write riffs and things like that. And uh, I was teaching myself how to play guitar at the time, and it was it was a really good start. You know, like then you know the next time you do a band, you're like, oh, I think I can actually finish a song now. <laughs> so uh, and that was that would have been like 1983 ish. Okay, okay, and then like um, <clears throat> you go on to play in all these like legendary death metal bands. Um, you're in Autopsy, Death, you know, one of the biggest of all time. Um, I was reading some of the other ones, uh, Abscess, Eat My Fuck. I kind of like that one. And, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, you go from playing in these bands and then all of a sudden you transition to your current band, Painted Doll. Like, let's talk a little bit about that. You know, what, what, uh has has led to that transition for you that that's kind of a fun story too um it was not something that uh i saw uh, on the horizon at all um it kind of goes back to um i don't know if you remember a, a show that used to be on comedy central called at midnight but um me and my wife used to watch that when it was on and they have like comedians come on it was kind of like a comedy competition show sort of thing and um, it was it was a lot of fun, and we had a few favorites on there that we always were excited when we came on. And Dave Hill was one of them. We're like, oh yeah, Dave Hill, he's hilarious. This is gonna be great. And so you know, didn't think much of it. We're just you know, it was something we we really liked. We liked Dave a lot. And then, as fortune would have it, uh, Autopsy was playing um, a festival in San Antonio about five years ago the house core horror fest and uh autopsy was was uh was playing that night and unbeknownst to me dave was for some reason filling in playing guitar for thor and uh they were playing the festival as well (laughs) that's got to be another uh interesting story that dave could elaborate on but Anyways, uh, my wife was selling autopsy uh, merch in the lobby, and Dave was walking around. She's like, hey, are you Dave? Or, you know, hey, you're Dave. <laughs> More like, he's like, yeah, I'm Dave. And you know, they started talking. She's like, oh, yeah, my husband's out there playing, and he's an autopsy. And, and then I guess Dave went out and watched us. And uh, after we played, uh, the band Goblin played, you know, from all the, you know, Fulci movies and all that stuff and uh dave actually uh, hung out with me and we watched goblin and um we just stayed in touch after that he just kind of you know got along right off the bat and um i would come he would come out here to san francisco and play sketch fest a big comedy festival and we'd come out and uh watch and perform and i remember still one night he was doing his his show and he was doing a bit where he was uh playing guitar kind of breaking away from the comedy and just started playing this incredible guitar stuff. And I was like, Oh my God, I didn't know he was, you know, good like that. That's, <laughs> that's crazy. And, uh, I just mentioned something off the cuff. I'm like, Hey, you know, maybe well, these days when you're out here, we can just jam and make some noise just for fun. He's like, yeah, that sounds cool. And then it went from there. We just started talking about, well, look, maybe we should, I don't know if I am supposed to say fuck on the radio, but I did, but, um, <laughs> It's all right. I already introduced uh, your other sorry. band, my fuck, so we're good. <laughs> yeah, okay, you said it first. It's your fault. But uh, <laughs> anyway. broke the seal. <laughs> <laughs> You're an enabler. Um, but, uh, then we just 
you know, because it started, we were talking about like bands we like that. I don't know why we started talking about like psychedelic bands and stuff, but next thing you know, like, Oh, maybe we can record a single or something like that. That'd be fun just for the hell of it. Or maybe an EP and fuck it. Let's just do an album. And next thing you know, we recorded an album, uh, four practices later because Dave's in New York and I'm over here. So we, uh, get together when he was over here in the area or down in LA or something. And, we recorded the first album without anyone asking for it or wanting it. We just did it all on our own dime and figured someone would want it at some point. And, uh, next thing you know, TP records was interested and, and, uh, now we've got album number two out on TP. Hey baby, this is double D also known as dream daddy. And I gotta tell y'all something about our new sponsorship here at today's Boondoggle. And the name is Dream Nutrition. So if you're looking to empower your human vitality, well then you come to the right place. With over 12 years of combined experience in cannabinoids and terpene products, Dream Nutrition products include CBD oils, patches, proteins, and so much more. The endocannabinoid system is believed to have involvement in regulating physiological and cognitive processes, including the immune system, appetite, pain sensation, mood, memory, and in mediating the pharmacological effects of cannabis. Support this veteran-owned and operated company today, and today's Boondoggle fans will receive 10% off their orders when using the promo code Boondog10 at checkout. That's B-O-O-N-D-O-G-10 at checkout. So go to the link. That's DreamNutrition.com forward slash discount forward slash Boondog10. And remember, Dream is not spelled like Dream Daddy. It's spelled D-R-E-E-M. And start saving today because you deserve to feel your best. And you know that's right. So tell them Dream Daddy and your friends from today's Boondog sent you. What would you say like the creative process was like for you guys? Just you just were getting together and jamming and then it just went from there or like who you, you mentioned some of the psychedelic bands you were into, like what, what, what are some you can name that kind of like guided you guys to this uh, creation? Uh, well, we started trading um, music through emails, you know, I'd be like, Hey, check out this band called the urges from Ireland or, you know, a modern, you know, psychedelic band they're really cool or like the pip squeaks or um the mystery lights or whatever and then um you know i did and i turned dave on to shocking blue which he's never really checked out you know a lot of people only know the song venus but there's man their their catalog is deep and it's it's amazing and that that's actually where the band name came from is through them um but uh and then he turned me on to all sorts of things too i some of them I remember, some of them I don't, but, um, we, we never really got to get together and just jam because, you know, they have being in New York and me over here. So we would trade riffs through like cell phone recordings, like, Hey, you know, I got a, a riff or here's a song. And we would just learn each other's stuff ahead of time. So 
when we got that, you know, precious two hours of, of jam time down in LA or something, we knew exactly what to do and made the most of our time. So it was seriously four practices before we did the first album. And I think four practices before we did this one too, but, but we showed up with our homework done and knew exactly what we were supposed to do. It was just a matter of being in the same room and physically playing the stuff and knowing <laughs> we had two or three hours to get it done. And what would you, uh, what would you say fans could expect from this latest album? How to draw fire. It's uh, coming out. On uh, it's, uh, kind of it's similar. I mean, if you play the first album and this one, new one back to back, I think it's a good, a good blend. You know, I think you could mix up any of the songs and they would sound good on either album or in a live set or something like that. Um, it's kind of more of the same, but you know, but different, if that makes any sense at all. Um, I think we maybe added a couple more layers into this album, tried a couple of of uh, new things, but you know, it's not like you'd hear this one and be like, "What band is this?" If you knew the first album, you'd be like, "Oh, cool! This, I like the first album, and, and this one's good too." You know, a good sequel then. Yeah, I think so. You know, I would like to think it's our Empire Strikes Back to a New Hope or something. <laughs> Yeah, great, great comparison. Um, Thanks. So, uh, like, is there, on this particular album, was there, like, a favorite that you have or something that just, like, um, one of the tracks on there that just seemed to be your go-to? You know, um, I don't know. I mean, it would be generic to say I I like the whole album, but it's true. I I like all of it. the first song, Sun in the Sea, is, is pretty epic. I, I, that one was a lot of fun. It's got a lot of moving parts to it and guitar harmonies and stuff like that. So that was that was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know. The whole thing's got a good flow. It's, it's, it's kind of weird because a lot of Dave's songs tend to be sort of heavier and maybe a little more with a sinister edge. In mine, a lot of them tend to be a lot kind of uh for lack of a better term sunnier <laughs> like total opposites of what we usually do because uh you know dave with his other band valley lodge they kind of more you know got a pretty strong power pop thing going on and you know know about my metal history so it's almost a weird reversal but um but it all sounds like pain and doll great i really you know i really enjoyed the video that uh you guys put out for blue postcards um I was just checking that out last night, and it was like reminding me like a weekend party at the Rothschilds or something like that. Oh, thanks. Yeah, we, you know, with us being separated and all that, we just filmed some stuff separately, and uh, Dave edited it and uh, did a real good job. And we've been told it's the the perfect mix of uh, fun and creepy with the masks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll take I'll take the win on that one. That's exactly the vibe I was getting from it. Creepy fun. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, you got to love uh, 50 year old men running around with uh, rubber animal masks on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're out there in San Francisco, so you're by that Bohemian Grove. I hear they do some of that stuff out there. So, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I um, did all my stuff either in my house or right outside. I, my backyard borders on a state park. So, um, 
I didn't go far at all. <laughs> I, I went outside for one of the videos and stayed inside for the other one. Yeah, it was some good stuff, though, man. I liked it for sure. Um, oh, thanks. Appreciate it. I, I mean, I and as I was, like, watching it and listening to it, I was like, you know, they'd be great on tour with, I don't know if you ever heard of the band Polka Dot Cadaver. I haven't, but uh, you have me intrigued with the name. Yes, you need to check them out. Uh, they're... they're uh, Frontman Todd Smith is a extremely talented, talented guy, and uh, he was originally in his band Dog Fashion Disco, and then Polka Dot Cadaver has been like his current project. But the sound and everything was like, man, these guys would be great on tour together. I'm gonna look it up for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'll look it up this afternoon. I'm 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 interested. Oh, I think you'll enjoy it once you go down that rabbit hole. It'll be uh, he's got a lot. He's got many side projects i think he'd be somebody that down the line maybe you guys should could all connect and work together too um you never know man i'm i'm all about uh going down the rabbit hole we're from like the the uh baltimore uh area and stuff but oh uh, cool cool yeah baltimore's great uh, so um is there like any kind of like superstitions that you have or or, ha or have had like for I mean you've been in so many bands perform live and stuff is there any kind of like thing that you feel like you have to do before you step out on stage like make sure you tie your shoes left over right or right over left or <laughs> anything weird like that? no no nothing at all I just I just kind of like to be left alone for you know 20 minutes or a half an hour before going on stage you know minus band members of course that's you know cool to hang out together but the last thing I want is is some guy coming up hey you should play in france i i book shows and you're like literally walking to the stage which has happened before it's like dude not now let's talk <laughs> later but just you know just to get get my head in the right space i just zone, like yeah. a little bit of a little a little zone time but um besides that nah, nothing really and then who's been some just of your of... oh i'm sorry go ahead I don't know. I was just going to say, I'm mostly just trying not to screw up. <laughs> gotcha. So, uh, what kind of like goals would you say you have for the, for, uh, the band going forward? Um, you know, I, I would be nice to play some live shows. That's for sure. But <laughs> you know, um, until that's possible, I can just think about it and have like imaginary live scenarios in my head. But, um, we already are talking about doing a, a third album. Um, and so right now that's the, the only attainable goal. That's something that we could, you know, pull off actually somehow. So um, uh, I'm looking forward to working on that. That'd be amazing. And hopefully play live one of these days. That'd be sweet. Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to catch you guys out here in the Cleveland area. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And we got a good live band too. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Maybe on the road with Polka Dot Cadaver, too. You know, who knows? You never know. <laughs> Weirder things have happened. So you have any, like, uh, personal goals going forward for yourself? No, just kind of keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I'm kind of a, a I'm not a complex person. You know, I like music and listening to it and playing it. And that's kind of my thing. Gotcha. Um, yeah, what a boring answer, but it's true. <laughs> No, I, I mean, hey, you're happy, you're living, you're, you know your purpose, and you're you're following it, man. A lot of people struggle trying to figure that out, man. You're just, you got your path, you're doing it. 
less stressful. Yeah, yeah I'm, it's a it's a work in progress, which is which I like. You know, there's I don't know what the end of it's going to be, so uh, I like a mystery. <laughs> Great. So I want to ask you some of the questions that I normally ask uh, my guests that I have on here. Um, oh, you know what? What's that? This is terrible. I actually have uh, another interview um, coming in. I think we're, I think we had till twelve. Oh, um, did we? Okay. Yeah, I, I hate to cut it short. I feel rude, but um, I do have a, a twelve o'clock. Um, we should set up something else, man, and do this again because this has been a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, real quick before I let you go, could uh, you just put out like for fans that are uh, new to you and following your projects where you would send them if they want to know more? Uh, just look up on the uh, the internet, you know, it's all there. You don't have to look too hard. Awesome. And then uh, real quick before I let you go, you mind cutting a promo ID for the show? Yeah, what do I say? Just introduce yourself, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle. All right. Hey, this is uh, Chris Reifert from Tainted Doll, an autopsy and a bunch of stuff, and you're listening to today's Boondoggle. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, we'll have to set uh, part two up here soon. I'm, I'm into it. That sounds good. All right, man. You take care and stay safe and uh, enjoy the blue skies while you got them out there. All right. Right on, Bill. You have a good one, okay? All right. You too, man. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Drop.
Left of your what do you want to do? Like a machine <laughs> operator, or you want to do the swing and a hammer? Yeah, swing and a hammer. I have no desire to do what he did. <laughs> he can't make Boko. <laughs> he can't make Boko. Unless he's using an oar. Yeah, right? Or make a sail. I'll do this. So, man, we definitely got to talk about conquistadors since we got two, oh you know, three of the main uh <laughs> I was going to bring a set of dice because you said Dave was <laughs> I still got the cards. I was going to bring a set of dice and go, nice to see you, Dave. How many years, <laughs> how many years were you cards. banned from ACU, too? I was, I was a couple, at least two. I don't two. think you were ever banned. <laughs> I was banned the year after. Yeah. Not by us. I was, we didn't no, want no, to go. I was banned. show his face. You just <laughs> couldn't go to any of the I got pulled aside by... Marty Costa and the XO of the station. Remember the XO of the station who shot himself in the head? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they yeah, called yeah, me yeah. into his office. Johnny said, Cash. Yeah. <laughs> said, uh, he said, you know how he had that gravelly voice? And yeah. His, yeah, mo- his mouth didn't awesome. move. He just had the mustache that moved up and down. You know, he was talking. <laughs> and he said, uh, So everybody drinking? So everybody drinking? I'm buying around. Maybe I dare you to say it. Say what? <laughs> Don't question me. <laughs> I'll have Not a Miller Lite. Yeah, please. I would like a virgin bloody Mary. They called you at the center, and that's where you couldn't go in the next year. I remember. So they I called remember me into the Exo's office, and he says, uh, <laughs> you know, everybody works for somebody. Is there a menu menu? And 
you had people you had to report to, and I was like, where's this going? Because <laughs> I outranked him. He was a lieutenant JG. I was a lieutenant. Thank you. <laughs> what do you want? Yeah, this is, uh, you're not allowed to go to ACU2 for a while. <laughs> you're not allowed in Virginia Beach. You can go anywhere you want, just not there. <laughs> Got it. Thank you. Now, okay. now, I remember why we were down there when we had to go back from the hotel just for that couple days and stay in the tent. Well, you, had you, to, you had to stand in front of the Commodore or something Yeah, in like front of the whole base not commander. Just, not just get stand in front of him. I had to, I got get my ass blown. That's when we were all sitting in the van. And still just an LT then. He had to go in and speak for all of us. Remember when we were sitting in the van? Yeah. We were there in the van and he went in. And it was an 05 and an 04. I didn't get to say much. <laughs> I listened a lot. <laughs> well, when when the one guy told me that I was um, I was reducing the morale of his troops because my guys were in a hotel, and I stopped him. I said, "Sir, with all due respect, the morale of your troops has nothing to do with me. I think it's all on you." I was asked to bring these over. Thank you very much. Things ramped up a little bit from there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You didn't want to hear that. Don't poke the so bear. So he was a Baltimore yeah. guy or something? I, 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 you, man. No, these were all, these were all active duty. Oh. Those Baltimore guys was all down there in that office that we went to. Ever, ever, ever yeah. since I was in that I remember unit, when they were always jealous like, of us. We're fucked. Because... You had when he got in the van, he's like, brewers, his first thing, he just straight face, just like that. He's yeah. like, we're <laughs> fucked. We're fucked. <laughs> They're holding up our pay. They're holding up everything. And I was like, oh, hey, no. the island at this point. We just want to get out of here. And when, when, Roger that. Let's just get out of here. They're like, with all due respect, When they called me in and told me that they're not. When they called me into the XO's office when we got back, I said, Roger, I don't have a problem. I don't need to go back down there. Oh, by the way. They're already looking to recall you to active duty so they can court-martial you. <laughs> like, what? They're, gonna, they're doing an investigation right now to recall you to active duty to court-martial you. Wow. I was like, for what? And he, he does, for what? <laughs> I got the RCA dog. I was like, look, I got all the documentation. I can do whatever they want, but I got all the documentation yeah, we I need. stamped. It was, right? We got the, we were stamped. the stamp of gold. It was <laughs> What's the stamp of gold? Twice. Oh, my God. <laughs> I remember, like, showing up down there, and uh, I think my plane, like, came a little later or something like that. Well, I, I was, like, by myself with this, like, hot Puerto Rican girl or whatever. It didn't help that when we did move back into Tent City... That you walked by Bill's tent and he had it all set up with the, the wooden plaque out front instead of saying ACU2, said El Conquistador Resort. He had a bag over it. He had the laundry bag. And all the, El and all the towels bag. from the El Conquistador were hanging up on his towel line in his, in his tent. I still have a picture somewhere of you Bill's in the well deck of there, an LCMA like, like hotel room. with a picture from the El Conquistador going. Or under the, the, the mosquito netting in the tent, you know, oh, with no. my little, like, bag of uh, toiletries from Have the Have you ever played craps since then? Oh, yeah. Yeah. See, I showed you out of, I you you out of bed. We, you made like six, eight hundred bucks. I remember, that was awesome. You had Pulling pockets in that full of money. The bar, you're like, I just got my per diem back. I don't <laughs> Chris <laughs> gets a We're stamp. taking that away. He's like, I know just the place. And we pull in that driveway, and I'm just like, are you kidding? No. I know. Here, I, went, I went to that know, casino. That rounding driveway, we get all the way up you there. You guys stayed there? I was. And it's only, no. We were happy going in, but it wasn't so happy coming out. But, you know. I remember rolling on base the second day, and we all we park our vans like two miles away and walk in, right? 
half hour early and leave a half hour late. So, we walk in and they have an all all officer you know, call. And first thing, first words out of their mouth, nobody's allowed off base. Nobody, you're not even allowed at the bowling alley to have a beer. You are here in Tent City. You are not allowed off base. If anybody's off base, you are in big trouble with me. And this is the Commodore. It's like, that's when I went and talked to the CEO of AC2. And he was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, sir. All right. <laughs> I mean, if you're in. Remember, remember Borsich had his. I'm following uh, Macintosh's rule of filling out the paperwork. He's the one that, I mean, we stayed there before. He filled out the paperwork and everything was fine. You know, Borsich is a major now? Yeah. He's a major in the Army. Really? He's a major. Yeah. yeah. He's no, active I, duty, too, now. Yeah? Yeah. He's not a reserve. To, he, to what they call it? It's like a name. tar in the army. He was with us. He was, he was with us. He was the short little round guy that had all the hot His chest here, like, his hell chest hell here was, like, was shaved and said, go try. Remember that? <laughs> we went out to drink with two women that he, that he picked up because he was taking snorkeling things in the pool with these women. He's a, he's a little round guy. He, was a, he looked like a chef. Like Danny DeVito or something, you know? He's like Danny DeVito, but he had these two hot chicks. And you're like, how's he? And thank you for listening to another story time from the VFW Hall, brought to you by Today's Boondogger. for listening once again to today's boondoggle radio show please check out our website domaincle.com and todaysboondoggle.com be sure to follow us on social media at today's boondoggle on facebook instagram youtube and twitter for more information about this podcast support us on www.anchor.fm forward slash today's boondoggle as well as on gofundme be sure to subscribe comment download and listen to us on spotify apple Podcasts, google play spreaker and all the other podcast platforms please email us with questions suggestions and comments via today's boondoggle at gmail.com please leave us comments and five-star reviews. Thanks once again for listening to today's Boondoggle Radio Show. Thank you for tuning into this week's edition of today's Boondoggle. Domain Cleveland Entertainment is a veteran-owned and operated entertainment cornucopia of nonsensical shenanigans. You can find interesting interviews, music news, entertainment information and just about everything else in between. Thank you again for tuning into the show here at Domain Cleveland.